Thanks for listening to the Lion's Den with Spacknod podcast. We upload every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. For more content, follow us on Twitter at LDSpacknod. That's L-D-S-P-A-C-K-N-O-D. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome on into the Lion's Den podcast. I'm your host, Christian Thurley. Alongside me is my partner in crime, my main man, the Lion King himself, Henry Lyon. Today is Wednesday, October 30th, 2019. Henry, how are you doing today on Hump Day? I am doing good. And speaking of Hump Day, it's not only just Hump Day. Today is Halloween Eve. It's one more day till Halloween tomorrow. I cannot wait till Halloween, but today I just came back from work and I'm getting ready to start this podcast with you what it is everybody i hope you guys are doing very well on wednesday we are back at it again with another episode can't wait to what we're going to talk about today what's your halloween costume for tomorrow henry uh my halloween costume uh i'm gonna be daffy duck from space jam okay <laughs> yeah i got a uh, daffy duck jersey and a, a, a not only just a daffy duck um shorts but i have like a nike shorts where i can like match the shirt and then a nike shoes Okay. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. I'm just going to give out candies. I'm not going to trick or treat. I'm too old. I think I'm going to dress up as Patrick Starr. Patrick Starr? The, <laughs> the Kyrie Irving Patrick Starr yeah. shoes, the Kyrie Fives, the Patrick Starr shirt. I love those shoes, yo. Um, The Patrick Starr socks that I ordered mm-hmm. and the Patrick Starr shorts. Hey. So. Going all little, out. A little bit of a taste for what Henry and I are doing for Halloween tomorrow. Today on the podcast, we'll be talking about game six of the world series last night as well as looking ahead to tonight's game seven which is first pitch is a few hours away we'll talk about uh, a topic that henry really wanted to talk about odell beckham jr and the cleveland browns and the situation that's going on there we'll talk about a couple of stories that i wanted to cover one of them being a big event going on this weekend in esports esports is a relatively new topic so Not many people know a whole lot about it, and it's something that I wanted to cover. It's BlizzCon and the Overwatch World Cup, which is going to be going on this weekend. And then to wrap up the show, we'll be talking about the NCAA and how they're looking to make changes on uh, college athletes being able to profit off of their likeness. So we'll just kind of go down. We'll do some stories. We'll Absolutely. We'll go about it, and we'll wrap it up with a new segment, Player A, Player B, which I'm really excited for. This is going to be one of my favorite subjects. But let's start our podcast with the World Series. Henry, Game 6 last night. What are your <laughs> takeaways from that game, and what are you looking forward to tonight? Uh, So, Game 6 of last night, um, I did not expect the Nationals to win, but you got to give the gotta give props to Steven Strasburg, who struck out 7 uh, seven. Um, he's really undefeated in the postseason. Um, um, he's all like the only only player in the or only pitcher in the player in the postseason who has like amazing records. Um, Trey Trey Turner, who also got out with like a an, a BS call in the seventh inning, which was like interference, even though he just went straight did not interfere the first baseman, which was was really bullcrap. Uh. And um, in the fifth inning, I don't know what happened to Justin Verlander, but he's not really good in the postseason, especially with the with the Tigers. But before being traded to the uh, to the Astros, um, so if 
uh, if he wasn't pitching, then it would have been a different story in um, in the um, starting of the of the game. Uh, but in um, game seven, it's going to be really it's going to be like the the best best team wins because it's three three all for nothing. One the last game of the MLB season, and then after that, it's all the off season. So in game seven, I got the Nationals winning. Scherzer is really good. He's three and two zero or three and zero in the postseason is going to be an amazing matchup. Well, you know what they say, the two best words in sports are game seven. Yep. And that's what we have tonight. But going back to last night, you touched on it a little bit. Steven Strasburg is the first pitcher in MLB history to have a postseason record of 5-0. and And that's incredible. A lot of people were saying that, oh, well, no one's done 5-0, and so Strasburg's going to lose last night. And I think a lot of people were expecting the Astros to close out that series last night. But I think an even more interesting tidbit that's come out of this series is each team that has been the road team has won. And that's never happened before right. in the this World like, Series. They're the first team like in sports history who has ever done that. Not in, yeah, in any, all four major yeah, and sports. NBA, nobody has ever done that in NBA, NFL, like any 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 sports other than MLB, which is really crazy. They beat the they beat the Astros game one, game two, and game game six. And they could do it again in Game 7 tonight, which I think the Nationals are going to win. Scherzer is going to do really well. Granke, he's like 0-3, not that good. But he's good, but not that good in this in the postseason. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Nationals shocked me, especially coming back, like destroying the uh, the Astros 7-2 to when they were down 2-1 to before the fifth inning. Well, yeah, and Verlander looked lights out last night for the first four innings of that game. And then you get into the fifth, Adam Eaton solo home run. And then a few batters later, Juan Soto solo home run. Put him up 3-2. Yeah, that's another one of the most incredible stories coming out of this World Series is Juan Soto. But the cool thing about the Nationals is they, they started off really slow this season. Yeah. And now... They're playing probably their best baseball that they've played as a team, as a collective group, and they're one game away from winning a, a World Series. A I'll year think, after trading they, Bryce Harper. I know, and especially I was thinking of Bryce Harper. They're not trading, letting letting him letting go. him letting go. Yeah, yeah, like trading. I mean, about Bryce Harper, I thought him leaving the Nationals would have was like a great thing for the Nationals because his personality with the Nationals wouldn't have gone very well because I don't think he was a good leader for them. And probably right now he's probably punching in the air, <laughs> punching the air saying that oh, I should have stayed in that in Washington, Washington just like change what I was in the past. Well, cause he's, he's now with your hometown Phillies, right? Yeah. Overhyped. <laughs> Did they, they didn't make the playoffs, right? No. They were close, weren't they? They were, they were close, but I mean, they were doing really well in the beginning, and then all all of the sudden they were going down with like injuries and all like mistakes in the games and all. Well, tonight on the hill, Max Scherzer didn't play Game Five because of the neck injury, going up against former Arizona Diamondback Zach Greinke for the Astros, who they traded for this season. Oddly enough, I was looking it up. Max Scherzer started his career with the Diamondbacks. So two former Arizona Diamondbacks starting on the hill for both teams tonight. What what do you see coming out of this game tonight, Henry? What's your prediction for the game? 
who who do you want to see win? So who do who I who I want to see? I want to see win I, or who do you want to win? I think the I think the Nationals are going to win, but I want the Astros to win. I want Alex Bregman to go off. I I love Alex Bregman, the MVP candidate who's doing really well in the in the um, in the postseason with like good like the grand slams in this postseason especially in game three i'm mean, either game three or game four um hopefully everyone like the pitching i mean granky steps up or like redeems himself from being like zero to three in the postseason i mean anything is possible um then it should be a good game i'll say like it should be a close game because it's game seven every i mean every team for themselves yeah i want to see the nationals win but I think the Astros will because they've got that home cook and they've got kind of they'll ha- they'll be able to feed off the crowd this game. Mm-hmm. And I know home field hasn't meant anything right. to this point, but hopefully they a break- game a game seven is different, man. Yeah. If you can have a game seven at home, that I mean that's the whole world. Look, I mean look at the Heat, the year that Ray Allen hit the shot, they were able to turn that game six around win that game and then come right back the next day and host a game seven and feed off of the crowd. Like that crowd in Houston's going to be rocking. So they're going to have Scherzer on the bump for the nationals who I want to win. And I really hope if they get to a point, if he's good to go, I hope they throw Strasburg in there to come in for like an inning or two of relief. Hopefully. And that's, I just want the nationals to win. We've already seen, we saw Houston win a few years ago and that was a nice story in Los Angeles. Yeah. And it, it was actually fun. The stat that they just had up on the TV here in front of us was the last three game sevens of the World Series, the road team has won. So, with that being said, if history is going to repeat itself, that means the Nationals will win. But I think the Astros are talented enough to where they can buck that trend and win a game seven, win their second in three years, which is an incredible feat. Hopefully. I mean, I, I'm like I said, I want Astros to win. I hope they break the streak. Of losing at home in the World Series this year. Well, Henry, you were pitching story ideas to me, and you brought up a topic that I thought was really interesting. Let's talk about the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. What about the Cleveland Browns interests you right now? So, the Cleveland Browns before the season, they were hyped. They were overhyped. They were. There, I've been told by a lot of. A lot of people, including myself, saying that they're going to be in the playoff. They're going to win the AFC North and all. And then in the regular season, they being very sloppy with like the O line, with the quarterback, with the coaching, everything. And um, Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, I don't think it's his fault, but I believe it's coaching, it's the QB fault, the coaching fault, the O line fault. It was all his talent, especially like getting him to Cleveland Browns when he wants to leave New York to go somewhere else. But I think this is um, on Sunday when they lost to the Patriots. After that, I told myself, I was like, he got, I mean, he got to leave Cleveland as soon as possible. That was like a waste of time for him going there. I mean, you got to, like, he has to go to, to for, for his talent, he has to go to either like uh, Seattle or maybe like Los Angeles Philadelphia, I mean, I wouldn't mind him going to Philadelphia. I mean, we we need like a wide receiver. I mean, I don't maybe Detroit or any other teams that have like that have like a good quarterback or good like um, staff and good organization. 
Yeah, I think Odell's struggles this year aren't necessarily his fault. I think it right, exactly. the Browns as a whole are kind of dysfunctional. Exactly. And Baker Mayfield isn't necessarily the the best quarterback out there. I don't think it's all Baker's fault though. They've got Nick Chubb. I think they need to lean on Nick Chubb more. Get more of the running game going to open up those passing lanes. Because then when Odell is open, you know, once when if Nick Chubb is running the ball well, it's going to open up Odell, Landry, Njoku, everyone. And Baker's going to be able to make those throws. He can make wide open throws, you know? And I think it's just uh it's a a play calling problem starting with the coaching, the turnovers. The turnovers. I think he's what second in turnovers behind Winston, right? Uh, yeah, I believe he's up there. He's like, he's up like top five. Yeah. And I think it's just the organization as a whole is kind of a mess. The Cleveland Browns haven't been good since 2000, early 2000s. 2004. That was the last time they went to the playoffs when they lost to, I believe the Broncos. Yeah. It's it's not a good time to be a Cleveland sports. Yeah. Especially being favored or being hyped to go to the playoffs or being really good, especially because they're two and five, right? Yeah. They're two and five, especially getting like a most talented, most like electric, electrifying NFL player right now, Odell Beckham Jr. Landing in Cleveland. Something, something's not going on, especially his last touchdown or the last time he scored a touchdown was week two against the Jets. In New York, or I think it was in New York. Yeah, it was. It was in in New York, and then they lost to Tennessee Titans in like forty three to thirteen, which was like a something. I mean that was, that was the time when it was like, yeah, something's wrong with the with the Cleveland Browns. They need to do something with that team. Yeah, you can tell the frustrations brewing in Cleveland. Did you see Baker Mayfield snap back at a reporter today? Mm-mm, no. Uh, well, a reporter like he was doing his uh, media session, I guess. And I saw the video of it, and the reporter was asking him questions, and he snapped back, and he it looked like he was frustrated with everything going on. And it kind of just sums up the Browns organization as a whole, where they've got all this talent, right? Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't go the way the you chemis- expect it. Like, like the chemistry and all, it's like not, it's not up there. And they traded, when they got Odell, they traded away some, some Jabril, of their alignment. Jabril Peppers. Yeah, and they're... It's like the Browns, they don't necessarily need star talent around. Well, okay, so they need good players. And they have they had that before Odell. But what they needed was an offensive line to protect Baker. Especially after Joe, Joe Thomas, Thomas yeah. retired from, like, from the Browns after like 11 years. Yeah, and he only missed one snap in his last year. So the they need an O-line to protect Baker, give him time to throw. And they need a defense. And their def- their front four is really good. But Miles their back Garrett, end isn't. Miles Garrett is like the one that that's doing the work. Yeah. <laughs> so the Browns are in an interesting spot right now. I think they're. Uh, I was listening to Colin Cowherd earlier. And he was saying that their schedule gets a lot easier. So we should probably expect them to take a turn. Uh, record-wise going later in the season because I think they have the Bengals twice. They've got the Cardinals, the Dolphins. The, I think they the Rams. The Steelers. The Rams. 
maybe the Rams. But oh no, they lost to the Rams. And... But they've got like the Steelers. They might have the Steelers twice, and mm-hmm. those are all very winnable games for them. They should. They should win that game. If not, then. So if Cleveland wants to turn it around, this is going to be the stretch where they have to do it, and it's gonna, they're going to have to go pretty much undefeated if they want to push for the playoffs. But I could see an instance where they get in at like nine and seven as a wild card team and then lose in the first round. And for a Browns fan, I think just being in the playoffs, that would be a good thing. That'll be a, a... I can't speak on that because I'm not a Browns fan, but I can imagine after years of losing 14 Frustrate, plus. Yeah. Yeah. Frustration, stressful, especially all after like being 0 and 16. Drafting, like, getting quarterbacks after quarterbacks after quarterbacks after quarterbacks. I mean, I mean, this year should be it for them. I mean, they still have a, I mean, they still have a chance to make the playoffs. I mean, NFL or the season, regular season ends, like, the end the end of December or the first week of January. We, we just got to see. Yeah, the Browns are a mess. But hopefully they can figure it out. You know, I, I do want to see them do well especially after all the years of struggle. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to another topic, one that was a huge story yesterday. With the NCAA announcing that they were going to change their views, catch up to more modern times, and allow collegiate athletes to profit off of their likeness. So, video games, jersey sales, autographs. What do you think of that, Henry? Are you pro or against? I'm pro. You're pro? pro. I'm really happy what the NCAA is doing for, like, for athletes, especially really popular, like, like for any college athletes, for football, basketball. It could really help them for their college and especially for the future. I'm really, I mean, it may be, like, bringing back, like, Reggie Bush with the Heisman incident, like, have him, like, have his Heisman back instead of, like, taking him away from him. It should be good. It's really good for them. Yeah, I'm excited for this. I'm also pro paying student athletes because I've never really understood the the whole you're against athletes being like the the kids being paid because the NCAA makes so much money. Money, right? Like and more it's than- it's not like the individual institutions are paying them. It's going to be other like outside companies. Like the reason I'm so for it is to get the NCAA football video game back. And the reason that I'm so pro for that is because the EA Sports is going to pay these athletes. Like, it's not going to be an unfair advantage for, I think, well, that's one of the biggest uh, counters against it is it's going to be unfair to schools who have more money. But it's like, the schools aren't paying them, right? Right, no. It's these big companies that have all these money and they can divvy it up to all these athletes just to get them in a video game. Right. And on the front cover for like when when are they going to start that? They haven't officially announced it, but I'm okay. assuming it's going to be coming back because EA said a couple years ago actually that if they ever did solve this uh thing where you could pay college athletes, they would hop right back into the college football business. And Kirk Herbstreet even tweeted out saying at EA Sports, when are we going to get this thing started? So you know everyone's and then LeBron James, LeBron LeBron tweeted out, Kevin Kevin Durant, everybody everybody. wants this game. Yeah, and I don't see any negatives to paying these athletes because they go to they go to school, 
like you or I would yeah. when we were in college. And then they go and work out, you know, 12 hours a day. That's like working a full-time <laughs> job and not getting compensated exactly. for it. And that's more than full-time. If you're working 12 hours a day, five, six days a week. And being starved and like... Being not, a star? Yeah, being not like... Being like not getting any food or being hungry. Yeah. Which is really crazy. Because I remember I was watching um, a YouTube video of um, a former UConn player, Shabazz Napier. Yeah. He said that he's been like starving, hasn't like having any food inside of his body because he didn't have any money. And it's really hard for college, like student athletes, like being like getting money or like working because of the, all the practices and all like the interviews and all like a, all these, all the things that they have to do for for their for their sports that they that they're doing for their schools or for their careers and for their lives, which is really crazy. Yeah. I, if you or I were in college, we would have been able to work to get money. Right. And these guys can't because they got to practice. They have to practice and games. If other college students have the opportunity to earn money, why can't these kids earn money? That's always been my argument for it. So I hope that they take it further and they do give them stipends. You know, not multi-million dollar contract level, but they're going to get free tuition paid for them for being a good athlete. And then just for all of the time that they put into that school to turn that school into a household name, like how many people would know what the, 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 who the university of Alabama is, or if they were good at anything like academically, if they didn't play every Saturday in prime time, like how many people would watch that? Oh, like a lot. Alabama, the mm-hmm. crimson tide is a brand. Right. right. And when when these athletes are putting their bodies on the lines to go out there and represent that school. Yeah. Because there's one thing, it was a stat that I saw a few years ago. I don't remember it exactly or where it was from, Mm -hmm. but the schools that have better athletic programs usually have an uptick in attendance. So students want to go to schools that are doing well uh, athletically. Right. Like transferring school, like going to like a junior college and they transfer into like a school, like for example, Al- University of Alabama, LSU, Oklahoma. And well, yeah, yeah, like like that, but mm-hmm. also just like normal students, students like they right. want to go and root for winning teams, right? right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, you're rooting for this brand to win, and you win with the best players. And if it weren't for these best players, you wouldn't be getting in these these groves and a ton of money. And that's the problem I have with people that are anti. Uh, like Tim, like Tim Tebow was like on first, like on first take arguing, arguing with Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman. Test like was explaining why like they shouldn't pay student athletes and all. And the biggest issue I also have is like whenever you go into a team store and they've got the jersey mm-hmm. and the number but no name on the back. Right. Like I when I was when I would go to Oregon State games, I bought a number one. Oregon State jersey, no name. But I knew I was buying that for Jaquiz Rogers. He was my favorite player growing up, you know, him and Evanson Bernard because they were the running backs. And those were the jerseys that you would buy and everyone would wear them around the stadium and everyone would see the one for Quiz, the eight for James Rogers, the seven for Brandon Cooks. But I would have I bought uh, J- uh, Chad Johnson. Chad yeah, Johnson and, and, and Gary Payton. Who's like probably the greatest Oregon State 
athlete of all time. Yeah, and so you get all these older people, yeah. students, everybody mm-hmm. going to these games, buying these jerseys because you know that that's who they represent, even though it doesn't have the number, the name on the back, and they aren't getting anything for it. Especially like right now, when like you got athletes, like for example, Johnny Manziel was was like part of the top selling jerseys back in the like back in the days, yeah. like a couple of years ago, and he. Didn't get anything. Didn't sniff it. Right. And that went all to the university or the NCAA. NCAA, yep. And it's all because he was a good athlete. Good athlete, yep. And that's that's just the big issue I have with it. Yeah. But. I mean, yeah. we'll see how it goes. I like, it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. And that's all we can ask for, really, is just progress. Yeah. Trust the process. So let's get to another topic. One that I like, and one that you you've actually experienced it with me when yeah, you were coming home from Arizona in and California, and that's esports. Yeah, and my so my last semester at ASU with Cronkite News. Shout out to Cronkite. Um, I did podcasting, and I covered esports, and I covered everywhere from the ASU esports team. I covered a bunch of like Overwatch League stuff. Um, I covered Austin Garrison, who. He's now a good friend of mine. He plays NBA 2K, and he's trying to make it into the professional NBA 2K League. And it's always been one of those things that I've been interested in. Because, you know me, I play a lot of video games. Yeah, <laughs> Overwatch mostly. And I love Overwatch as well. I played it once with with you. You let me play the tutorial. And after that, I was like, I mean, I'm trying to get back into it. However... I do not have a PS4, which is a huge problem for me, and I need a PS4. But anyway, I just gotta wait till PS5 to come out. Then that's when it goes down. Nobody does. Nobody wants to mess with the Lion King whenever I get the PS5. Watch me. Gonna be difficult to beat on the sticks. Yep, hundred percent. Trust the process. This weekend is BlizzCon. Yeah. Which is the annual convocation event weekend thing. That Blizzard Entertainment, the publishers of Overwatch host, and this weekend is the Overwatch World Cup. Do you remember anything from the Overwatch League matches we went to go see? Yeah, yeah. It was a uh, best out of five, am I correct? Or best out of... Uh, best of seven. First best of seven? Okay, best of seven. Yeah, it was like the first round or the... Yeah, it was the first, first round yeah. of the stage two playoffs. Stage two playoffs, yeah. I, my first time going to that... It was my first time being going to California. My first time being at that stadium. I believe it was your first time being at the yeah. arena. Yeah. yeah. When the first time being in the arena, I was in love because I was in love with Overwatch. Like before, like going to the going to the arena, and going to the matches. Um, especially they got the my city, the Philadelphia Philadelphia, Philadelphia Fus- Fusion. Fusions. Yep. So um, while I was there, I mean, I had a great time. I was on I was on TV multiple. We were on TV multiple times. I had my hands up with my Kobe Bryant shirt, and I still have the Kobe Bryant shirt. Um, over um, at the at the arena, I love the graphics. How they how they had all the all the graphics up in the screens where you can like see like the games, all the matches up on the wall where it's all around around the wall. It's just nonstop, which was really really beautiful. Yeah, I think. I was a little skeptical of it at first. Like I've, I watch the Overwatch League almost every weekend, or at least I try to. And then going in, I was like, "Well, how is this going to work? We're going to go sit there, and they're just going to have a TV above where we can watch." But we went in, and it's like an arena. arena it's right. like a legit arena. 
with like this like flat screen that goes like it wraps like around, around yeah and it has like surround sound and everything and it's like a full immersive experience yeah and it was honestly one of the coolest experiences i've ever had <clears throat> as a gamer yeah. just to be able to go to that competitive atmosphere and see it and i was i mean i want to do it again at some point they just recently at the end of the conclusion of this overwatch league year they closed blizzard arena uh so because now they're going to be we're they're going to be touring around the world so each team is going to like host cities like like shanghai they're going to host uh vancouver british columbia la is going to host philadelphia is going to host paris london just all around the world and for the grand finals of the overwatch league which took place in your hometown of philly at the wells fargo center it sold out Real quick. Real quick. Like 20,000 plus people in the Wells Fargo Stadium. Isn't that crazy? Crazy, yeah. Especially, I mean, in Philadelphia, it's really, I mean, Philadelphia is really, it's a popular, one of the popular cities. And whenever a big event comes in Philadelphia, it gets sold out real quick. Zero to 100 real quick. And it's out, and it's outstanding. So, and then you have, like, fans from, like, Philadelphia that are, like, really energetic, that will go all out. They don't give a crap. They don't give a crap. They have, like, a don't give, they have, like, a, a don't give a crap attitude, which is really, which is really funny. That Philly mentality, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. That Philly all, cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the 215. What, uh, do you have any, exp- are you going to watch any of it this weekend? I will, I mean... What I'm going ha- to have it on. It's going to be on all weekend. The qualifiers are tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, then the first, the group stages are on Friday. They don't have like the tournament up, right? Because I was doing my it's, research last night. It's on. So the way you have to do it is you have to go to BlizzCon and look at the event schedule. Yeah, that's why I did. They and, had like an open ceremony. Yeah, so they've got tomorrow. They've got the online qualifiers yeah. to get the last group. Oh, Okay. Then they've got the group stages on Saturday, and then the the knockout bracket on Saturday. Oh, okay. And it's Did from like November first right? to November second, right? Yeah. So the yeah. group stage is Friday, knockout round Saturday, and the grand. Fi- I think the World Cup final is going to be on at like seven thirty Pacific. If I'm not, it's going to be late in the evening. Oh, then I'm, then I'm, then I'm chilling. I mean, I get out of work at 12 o'clock, well, 12 o'clock on Saturday. And then I get out of work at one thirty. Well, no one, I mean, Sunday doesn't, nah. That doesn't I'll probably matter. throw up the, uh, the Oregon USC game on TV. That's going to be a good game to watch. And then yeah. the Overwatch League on the computer. Yeah. It, it's going to be a fun Saturday. Who do you think is going to win? Do you have any predictions? I think South Korea is the favorite. They've. They've won the three previous World Cups, and they've won them convincingly. China's good. France is good. I'm going to stick with our home country, though. I'm going with the United States to somehow pull off the upset. They've got the Overwatch League MVP, Sinatra, on their team. They've got Super, who is on the Overwatch League champion, San Francisco Shock. Are you going to go with the United States, Henry? To win their first ever Overwatch World Cup, or are you going to stick with the the reigning champion? I'm going to pick the United States of America, USA. Upset time. Upset Upset time. Upset special. Yep. 
It's, well, it's gonna be a good matchup. We'll see. Yeah. Well, South Korea's been really good. They've been so dominant. We'll update you guys though next week, as I'm sure you're all very interested in the hot esports talk, brought to you by Henry, the Lion King Lion, and Christian Thurley. What it do? What it is? But now let's get to the segment that I think is going to be the most fun for me, and I think it's. I didn't. I didn't mind for you. I didn't mind. So, it's called Player A, Player B, and what it's going to be is. I'm going to give Henry a set of players, and he's going to give me a set of players, and we're just going to read off the stats, and we're going to try and choose which player is which, which, like which player we would rather have on our team. And we're gonna, what our goal is here is to try and choose players that we wouldn't normally choose. So, Henry, do you want to get started with your first set? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think you should go first. All right, I'll go first. So, player A. This was a few years ago. Had a record of 7 and 9 as a quarterback. 2474 passing yards, 20 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and a QBR of 49.3. Player B currently playing, currently 5 and 2, 1650 passing yards, 11 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, QBR of 70.9. So about halfway through the season, he's got about he's got 800 less passing yards, about half the touchdowns and half the interceptions. All right, so player A, player A. All right. Carson Wentz. Oh, no no no, I'm just, oh, who, oh. who who do you want? Who do you want? Player oh. A or player B? Oh. Do you want me to read off the stats again? I'll say uh I'll say player B. So player B is Lamar Jackson this year. Yeah. <laughs> player A was Michael Vick during the year that he set the rushing record, which Lamar Jackson's on pace to do. And I think the crazy thing about this is is that Lamar Jackson's numbers on paper look a lot better than Michael Vick's. And no one's talking about Lamar Jackson like he's Michael Vick. And according to Michael Vick, I mean, he was in college. Well, I mean, Lamar Jackson was in college a few years ago. He tweeted out this, that Lamar Jackson is better than he was in college, which is really, which is really, really outstanding. I think he might be better than he, him in the pros. Lower, yep. Let's right. hope he doesn't be on. I mean, this year he could, I mean, I think he's the MVP candidate. Yeah. Part of it. Well, do you want to give me your first player? Oh, yeah. Your first set of players? So, for the, my first players, I have this player, this this season, 1,650 yards, 11 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, and 94.1 ratings. And then player B, he got 1,821 yards, 14 touchdowns, 4 interceptions, and a 94.0 ratings. Who would you rather have? What's the top touchdowns? Top touchdowns. First guy? Oh, for the first guy, my first guy is 11 touchdowns. And how many picks? Five interceptions. And then the other guy is 14 touchdowns. 14 touchdowns and a four interceptions. Let's go with that guy, player B. Player B? Guess who player B is? Who is it? Carson Wentz, Wentzylvania. Carson Wentz is player B. Who's player A? 
Lamar Jackson. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I had a, I had a like interesting that we went with the the same quarterback yeah. but compared him to two different people. Two people yeah. That's, so if I'm getting this right, who would who would have you taken? Would you take Wentz or Lamar Jackson? Right? I mean, depending on like this season, I would say Lamar Jackson. Because Carson Wentz is So if we're going off of this season, are we saying that Lamar Jackson, we take over Michael Vick and Carson Wentz. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Who would have thought that going into the season? <laughs> I would. I mean, I would still. I mean, I would still say Lamar Jackson. But overall, I mean, it's like that Paul Redmond. Who yeah. would have thought we would have been here? Not us. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna go to player two. All right. Or well, set two. Player A. Eight hundred twenty-three rushing yards, for about five point three yards per carry. Nine touchdowns, two fumbles, 293 receiving yards. Player B, 602 rushing yards, 4.5 yards a carry. Six touchdowns, one fumble, 176 receiving yards. Do you want to hear the first one's numbers again? Do it again. Yeah, do it again. Player A, 823 rushing yards Mm -hmm. for about five and a half yards a carry. Nine touchdowns, two fumbles, and almost 300 receiving yards. Player B, 600 rushing yards, four and a half yards a carry. Six touchdowns, one fumble, and almost 200 receiving yards. Player A. Player A this year, Dalvin Cook. Player B this year, Ezekiel Elliott. Elliott. Ooh. Because Dalvin Cook, who came back from an ACL injury... While he tore his ACL in rookie year, is having a solid year with the Vikings. Lots I, of people are sleep. Well, we're sleeping on Dalvin, Dalvin Cook. Cook. Yeah, and Everyone. he's quietly having. I mean, I think you can make the case he's probably the second best running back in the game right now, behind Christian McCaffrey. I, I don't think that's too far out there. But I just found I was going through the stats and I found that really interesting. Wow, Christian. I mean, everyone's talking about like Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, Alvin Kamara is not having a good year. No. Todd Gurley, I mean. He's not. Not having a good year. I mean, Miles, Miles Sanders, I mean, he should. All right. It's all right. But he's like a rookie. He has a lot of potential. But Dalvin Cook coming back from an ACL injury, I don't think, I mean. Who would have expected, expected that? I mean, I mean, Adrian Peterson did that. Like, I mean, after an ACL injury, like, he won MVP. Almost broke Eric Dickerson record. He was like seven yards shy away from breaking this record become like the first um running back to break to have like the most yards since eric dickerson uh but yeah i mean i'm really i'm really happy for him especially overcoming the injuries i mean especially after an acl injury it's really hard like you look at like all these players from like different sports who came back from injuries like a major injuries but aren't the same as they were in the past well, Henry, you want to give me your second, <clears throat> oh, yeah. your second set of players? Yep. This one is basketball. Okay. All right. So for this season, um, this this player played three three games. Okay. Thirty six point three minutes. Okay. Twenty nine point three points. Twenty eight point six percentage of the field goals. <laughs> is that four- James Harden? Y'all, what the freak? Oh, my gosh. Who's player B? Anthony Davis. <laughs> Yo, what the freak? 
Well, if I didn't have such a vast knowledge of NBA stats, <laughs> I would go Anthony Davis. Anthony, yeah. But even with that being said, I think with the stats, I think I still would have taken <laughs> Anthony Davis. But just off of the, the stats you gave me, I knew immediately it was Yeah, hard. oh my god, shoot, He's shooting, what, like 13% from three right now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. 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 <sighs> And then, Anthony, speaking of Anthony Davis, he dropped like 40 points. 40 points, 20 rebounds. He's like the first Laker since Shaquille O'Neal in like 2003. Although, I'm going to put a little asterisk next to it just because 26 of those 40 points were on free throws. So, I'll hold off a little bit on that. I'm a little skeptical, but I, Anthony Davis is still great. I love Anthony Davis. Don't get me wrong. But a stat line like that, when you get 26 free throws, eh, that doesn't impress me. My final set of players, Henry. Player A, 591 receiving yards, five touchdowns. He catches 84% of the passes thrown his way. Player B, 424 receiving yards, one touchdown, catches 58% of the passes thrown his way. A. Player A, tight end Austin Hooper for the Atlanta Falcons. Player B, your boy in Philadelphia, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz. Oh. After the year Ertz had last year, those numbers are abysmal. But with that being said, Dallas Goddard has played well the last couple weeks for the Eagles, so you can kind of see why Ertz, his production has fallen off. And Hooper's having the best year of his career. And I was looking at the numbers for Hooper, and it, you know, in an – a really bad season that it's been for the Falcons. He's been the lone light spot. And I I just thought that that was really he I think he's the a top. I think he's the number 1 rated tight end in fantasy right now. So, damn, we were we were sleeping on him. So, yeah, Austin <laughs> Hooper having a really good year. Yeah. I doubt he's available in anyone's fantasy league right now, but nah. if he is, go pick him up. All right. As as soon as possible, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Henry, give me your last set. All right, player. All right, player A. For I did not know this one. Uh, it's like C O M B combine or it's for, for NFL. Oh, is it like combine? Combine, yeah, combine. Two hundred twenty nine for his career. Thirty six. Um, and no, thirty six AST. No sacks. Twenty five interceptions in total for his career and six hundred. Oh, oh, this is defense. So that's like defense. combined yeah. tackles. Yeah. Sacks. Sacks. Yeah. And what was it? What else? The AST. Um. AST. I'm not sure what AST stands. Yeah, for. I was like, I was like, what is? I was asking myself, I was like, what does AST stand for? Let me look it up. Yeah. Anyway, give me the stats for the other guy. And then stats. Um. Oh, assists. Assist. Oh, okay. I knew. I was like, Assisted it got to be assist. Yeah. And then for the other one, I got for the career 130, 138 combined, eighteen assists, one sack, eight interceptions, and twenty seven yards. Who was the, read the numbers off for the first guy again? First guy. So for the first guy is two hundred nine. Combine, okay. 36 assists, zero sacks, 25 interceptions, and 686 yards. I'd go the first one. 25 okay. interceptions. And you might you might hate this person. Marcus Peters. 
Yeah. <laughs> Who's player B? Uh, player B is Quentin Dunbar from the Washington from the Washington Redskins. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I. The problem with Peters is it's his attitude. He's got a yeah. lot of talent. Talent. But the reason I wouldn't want him, well, I mean, I guess I would just off of the numbers, but that's the fun part about this game is that you can give someone who's got insane, ungodly numbers and Which is their really attitude ridiculous. just sucks. Sucks, yeah. Like Antonio, like Antonio Brown, for example. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, I'm, yeah, it's – um. That's that's a crazy. He's got twenty five interceptions already, Which and he hasn't crazy. been in the league that long. Mm-mm, he's been, he got drafted. He's only twenty six. He was drafted in twenty. And that's young. Yeah. I think who's the NFL interception leader? Isn't it like Paul Krause or something like that? Um, I think he played safety for like the Vikings or something like that. Yeah, Paul Krause. 81 career interceptions. Do you think Peters could top that? He's at 25 through, and he's in his, what, fifth year? Yep. Uh, what? Six. He's no, no, six, no, five, 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 five. Yeah, five years, yeah. Okay. Do you think he can top the all-time record of 81? 81. I mean, he got three interceptions. He has three interceptions this year, and... With the Baltimore Ravens, he since he got traded to the Baltimore Ravens, he has one interception already. I mean, he, he still has time. He still got the juice inside of his inside of his body, inside of his career. So, I th- most likely, I don't think I don't think he'll. I mean, anything is possible, but for me, I don't think he's gonna do it. I'm right there with you. I don't like Marcus Peters. I don't <laughs> think he gets it. Right. <laughs> Especially what happened against the Saints last yeah. year. Excuse but we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> well, that's been another successful podcast of the Lions Den. It's Hump Day. Henry, do you have any final closing thoughts? All right. Ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow's Halloween. Have a great Halloween. We'll be here. We'll be back here on Friday. I hope everyone have a great Halloween. Make sh- be safe. Go trick or treating. Give out those little kids some the candies. A lot of th- Every anything that you guys want to give to them tomorrow night, um, and make sure you guys come if you live in Oregon, Tualatin, Washington, whatever. Hit your boy up. I will give make your guys drinks. Have a good conversation with you guys. We'll have a great time. No discounts. No discounts. Don't ask me any discounts, or else I will go off. No, I won't go off. But uh, I'll say no. I don't do discounts, or else I'll get in trouble. From my manager, Jen. Shout out to Jen who listened to my to our episode episode two. Shout out to you. Well, thanks for all of the uh, <laughs> the appropriate accommodations, Henry. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's been a hump day podcast of the Lions Den. We will see you guys on Friday. Follow us on Twitter at LDSpacknod. Follow our SoundCloud account to know when we uh, upload every monday wednesday friday we'll be back on friday with our weekend picks we hope you guys have a happy and safe halloween and we'll see you friday for november 1st 2019 the first day of november deuces